This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. You know, crying is something that is part of life. So I don't want to suggest at all that it's wrong to have tears and it's, and it's wrong to cry because, you know, there's a lot of things in life that will bring tears to our eyes. Now, I have a, a, an issue in my life that, that I tend to lose stuff all the time. I, in fact, I have to create systems in my life because uh, constantly, perpetually, I'm losing my billfold, I'm losing my keys. I mean, it's just really maddening. Uh, how much I lose stuff all the time. So I have to actually train myself not to lose stuff. And it's very frustrating when you lose things. And the truth is this, is the deeper the value, the greater the loss is. I think about the floods of 2010 here in Hendersonville. May of 2010, just not far from here, there's a street called uh, Southburn. And almost every home on this street was, was devastated. And many of you worked on that street. And I was so proud of our church for putting in uh, volunteer hours. And, and through the Lord's help, we were able to you know, financially help a lot of those families. But one thing I, I noticed is this, is that when everyone had their junk on the outside of their house, it all looked the same. I mean, there, there was no difference in the value of a couch or the value of a TV when it had been saturated in the flood. And as I spent maybe a half day there, I know some of you spent more helping one of the residents. One thing we discovered real quickly is the most important thing were to, to these who had, who had lost a lot of their valuables was the pictures and the mementos. You know, they, they didn't care anymore about what type of carpet they had in their house or what style of couch, but they really wanted those memories, to keep those memories forever. They valued it. And they cherished that. And, and when, when a picture book was found or some type of valuable frame that, that had a picture in it, there was a lot of joy. Because the deeper something is valued the greater the loss that would have been. And Mary Magdalene is experiencing deep, deep loss. Deep loss, because she came back to the tomb, and when she came to the tomb, the body of Jesus was gone. And so the question came up from Jesus. It first came from the angels, then came from Jesus. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? And that's the question I think Jesus has for us today. Not that crying is always wrong, but today is Easter. And you see, Friday was Good Friday. The day that we say it's Good Friday because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. And it was very appropriate and right to cry because of the torture and everything he endured. But, you know, Friday doesn't last forever. There's a Sunday that comes. And there's a question is, why are you crying? I want to suggest three things. And if you're taking notes, you can follow this on your bulletin. Why are you crying? I believe that the, the Spirit of Jesus wants you to hear on Easter Sunday this. Why are you crying? Everything is not lost. Everything is not lost. It seems like everything is lost. You see, there, there's a lot of tears that come with loss. And I know a lot of you have dealt with great loss in the last year or in the last several years. Maybe it was a loss of a job. Maybe it was a loss of a business. A lot of people are dealing with that. Maybe you've lost a relationship. 
because of conflict. And, and that's very sad. That tears are very appropriate. Maybe you've lost a loved one through death. Maybe you've just lost your confidence. And you don't feel like the same person anymore. But you've been dealing with loss. And with that loss comes tears. And with that loss comes a sense of disillusionment. And could you imagine what Mary felt that day? I mean, Mary Magdalene was one of Jesus' closest followers. And she shows up at the tomb to honor his body and to honor him. And the body's gone. The most valuable thing that she could imagine. And can you imagine the disillusionment that she must have felt? And see, loss does that. But you see, the message of Easter, the message of Easter is that everything is not lost. Some of you feel like you've lost something in your life that you'll never get back. And while things may never be the same, and while God might be rearranging things, and while God might be showing something different, the message of Easter is that it is not all about what's happening today. There's a bigger plan. God has a bigger plan than what you see today. And not all is lost. He is looking through the scope of eternity. You see, some of you feel lost. And you feel like you're wandering around and you're just completely lost emotionally. You feel alone. I want to remind you this morning that the message of Easter is you're not lost. Jesus knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly where you are. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you. He knows where you're at. I'm sure that Mary thought, well, Jesus is gone. Jesus is lost. But little did she know at that instant and at that moment that right behind her shoulder, the one that she missed the most was standing right there. He was right behind her. He was ready to reveal himself to her. But, you know, she didn't see that. In fact, she didn't even recognize him. Verse, verse 15, she said, thinking he was the gardener. She said, sir, have you carried him away? Tell me where you have put him. I'll get him. Here it was that she looked at him and didn't even recognize him. It, it was early in the morning. And, you know, when, when night turns to morning, you know, you don't always see the best. On top of that, I'm sure she had been crying for several days. And so her vision wasn't exactly clear. And so she didn't quite see that Jesus was right in front of her. And for some of us, we feel like Jesus has left us and Jesus has abandoned us. And you might think, Jesus, where were you in my crisis? Jesus, where were you when I needed you the most? Jesus, where were you when I felt lost? And you might not see him. And you might not realize it, but he is still standing right there. You might think that all is lost, but all is not lost. He's standing right there. And he's saying all is not lost. It's Easter. It's not Friday anymore. It's Sunday. All is not lost. I am right here. You see, God is looking at a bigger plan. That's why Romans 8.28 says this, that God, and we know that all things work together for the good to them who know God and who are called according to his purpose. All things work together. He has a bigger plan. All is not lost. You know, one of the, I guess, the most sickening feelings of life is when you know something is final. 
you know things are over. The verdict has come in from the jury. There's no turning back now. Time has run out on the scoreboard. The game is over. Now, you got any Tennessee Vol fans in here? Oh, man, you're, you're, you're not going to like this illustration. So, sorry, Lisa. I mean, do you, do you, I know you'll remember this, Lisa, when, when Tennessee, the Vols, played LSU. And it was the last play of the game. This was just this last year. And they stopped them. And Tennessee starts celebrating, but there was a penalty. And so the next play, LSU comes back out there, and they score again. And I just remember, I was just an innocent bystander. I don't like either team. So I'm, I'm watching this on the television, and you just see the disappointment, the disillusionment in the coach and Coach Dooley and the players. And it's just that, oh, that gut-wrenching feeling that it's over. I mean, it doesn't matter if the call was wrong. It doesn't matter if the penalty was bogus. It, it, game over times run out if you ever follow a political candidate and all the all the different tallies are coming in and the polling is coming in and you just there's some point you hit that point and you realize we're not going to catch up i mean they've got the minimum votes and and it's just it's just over it's just over i know that's what the followers of jesus was feel, were feeling friday night saturday they were going to the tomb sunday morning it's just that feeling it's, it's done it's over can i tell you that Jesus is asking today, he's asking, why are you crying? Because of Easter, because of what I've done, because I've conquered death, hell, and the grave, it's not over. It's not over. Write it down. Why are you crying? It's not over. I want you to understand that's the story of Easter. That God, that that in our mind, what we think is the end with God can be the beginning. The cross was not the finish line. The cross was the starting line. The cross is not where things ended. It's where God began his work. And I know a lot of you have had a lot of endings in your life. And you feel like this is coming to a close. And that is coming to a close. And this relationship is over. And this avenue of income is over. And, and this ministry is done. God, what is going on? Have you left me? Have you abandoned me? Lord, the kids are moving out. Things have changed. I didn't want this divorce. Closed door, closed door, closed door. Can I tell you that? No closed door is final the Lord. He has new things for you. It's not over. There's not that finality that says everything the way it was will never be the same again. It might change and be rearranged, but with God, there's an Easter. There's a resurrection. There is a Sunday morning. Something different's going to come. And he's asking you, why are you crying this morning? Why are you crying? It's not over. I'm not done with you yet. You see, God is the Alpha and the Omega. He begins everything and he finished what he started. He will finish what he starts. He said uh, that, that the Paul, uh, Paul prayed to him who is able to complete what he started in you. That's what God wants to do in you. It's not over. The final outcome has not come. That's why I love, I want you to listen closely with me what Revelation chapter 21 says. It's the, the, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea, meaning there was no more mystery. And I saw John, and I, John, excuse me, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned 
for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Listen to this. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are past away. Can I tell you that here on Easter morning, the question is, why are you crying? Yes, your tears are legitimate. Yes, your tears are appropriate. Yes, I have cried over many things in the last year, and I know I'll cry again as long as I'm in this sin-filled world. But I know this is that I won't cry forever. I won't cry perpetually. There's going to come an end to my tears, and it's not because of my power or my self-will. It's because the hand of a nail-scarred Jesus is going to wipe away every tear, and it's going to say no more sickness, no more darkness, no more sin, no more disease. Things are new. Resurrection has happened. I have changed the order of what used to be. And there's something new that's going to come. Mary Magdalene didn't know when she came to the tomb that morning. She thought it was over. She thought it was final. But something changed. There was a Jesus that was there that he said, why are you crying? And it changed everything for her. It changed everything. Well, what was it? What was it that caused this lady who could not see him? who could not recognize him, who thought he was a gardener, not the risen king, what caused things to change? What caused the change in the story? A few years ago, I was with my children, my family, and we were going through one of the caves here in Tennessee that is a tourist attraction. And I was holding my boy. He was very, very young at that time. And we came to a part of the cave where they said, They said, now, we're going to turn out all of the natural light because we want you to see what complete darkness is. And so the ranger prepared us. He explained what was going to happen. But that little boy I was holding, he didn't understand. He wasn't able to cognitively recognize what was going to happen. So those lights went out, and it went completely dark. And as I was holding him... I felt his body stiffen. And I knew, I knew his personality. This kid was about to yell out a scream. He was, he was just positioning his lungs for the loudest scream possible. And as I felt his body tense up, I quickly whispered. I said, Dad's here. Daddy's right here. And he just relaxed. He just relaxed. Mary Magdalene was at the tomb. She was confused. She thought the body had been lost. She thought that it was over, the dream was over, that the three years with Jesus following him was okay. She thought everything was over, but something changed. I want you to look with me at at verse 16. And Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary, what changed things? It was his voice. It was his voice He said, I'm here. I'm here. Why cry on Easter? Don't cry anymore. Why? Here's the last thing I want you to write down. Why are you crying? And Jesus says, don't cry. I'm here. I'm here. I'm right here. He's whispering in your ear. He's whispering and he's saying, I'm right here with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Your tears, it's not wrong to cry. It's appropriate to cry at times. 
But you don't have to cry forever because you might have felt lost. You might have felt abandoned. You, you might have felt like your dream had been stolen. You might have felt like a lot of finals have come to your life. A lot of things have ended. But it's not over because Jesus is saying this morning, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. You see, what's amazing about this, about this story is if we look in, the, in, in verse 11, I don't think you're going to have that on the screen. Verse 11 says this. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying and she wept. That's how the story started. That's how Easter morning started. Easter morning started out with tears. She was crying because of what had happened on Friday. She was crying because she felt all was lost. She was crying because she felt like everything had ended. But now, look, look with me at verse 18. How does the story end? Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the risen Lord. It started with tears and it ended with joy. It started with tears, but it ended with excitement. It started with disillusionment, but it ended with uh, proclamation. It started with darkness, but it ended with light. You see, Psalms 35 says this. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Listen, it's not wrong to cry. It's right to cry sometimes, but you're not going to cry forever because things are not lost in your life. Things are not final. You have a God who said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm going to be with you in your darkest hour. I'm going to be with you in your greatest trial. I'm going to go to the most, uh, to the ends of the earth. I'm going to be there with you. And, and he is with you. The resurrection says that he is here. He is with you this morning. I want to tell you that I know God is talking to some of you today. You see, this message isn't for five. It's not for 10. It's not for 15. It's for everyone in this room. It's, it's the love of the Lord. The love of the Lord is upon you. The love of the Lord is upon you right now. He has set his love upon you. The story of Easter has said, I love you. And he set his love upon you. Would you pray with me right now? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Church of Indian